Effective communication is important because it helps identify your place in business decisions and personal decisions. Welcome to Communication Matters with Deborah Malnix. Anywhere you go, with everything you do, wherever you live, and whoever you know, communication matters. Now, here's your host, Deborah Malnix. Hello, everyone. My name is Deborah Malnix, and I am the host of Communication Matters, a show that focuses on the importance of communication, not only in business, but in everyday life. Every success starts with communication, and we will discuss how others have used communication in their careers to their advantage and how you can use communication to your advantage as well. Today, we have a very special guest, Charles Sacco, Associate Dean, Strategic Initiatives and Director, Biota Institute for Entrepreneurship, Drexel University. Charles is an entrepreneur, educator, advisor, and public speaker. His career includes launching and growing businesses in enterprise software, business management, and mobile apps. He was a co-finder of Find Me Mobile, which was later sold to Movatis LLC, a provider of mobile technology solutions for the travel and tourism industries. Charles is also president of Mobile Monday Mid-Atlantic, which focuses on networking and education in the mobile technology industry. He is an advisory board member for the Networking for Teaching Entrepreneurship Philadelphia and a member of Private Investor Forum and a founding member of the Philadelphia Regional Entrepreneurship Education Consortium. Charles led the effort in 2016 for College Pitch Philly, a student entrepreneurship competition funded by Startup PHL. Charles also chaired the 2017 National Conference for the U.S. Association of Small Businesses and Entrepreneurship, which focuses on entrepreneurship, education, and research. Charles has a B.S. in Information Systems from St. Joseph's University and MBA in Technology Management from Drexel University's LeBeau College of Business. A Beta, Gamma, Sigma honoree, Chuck was also trained at the Price-Babson Symposium on Entrepreneurship Education. I'd like to welcome Charles to Communication Matters. We are very happy to have you join us today on Voice America Radio. Welcome. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. So lovely to be here today. Uh, I'll tell you, reading through your bio, and this is a, a fraction of it, um, <laughs> it is so impressive. And it's funny because I simply know you as Charles, head of, of the Biota Institute. Right. And when I got your background, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is quite, quite the page turner. Well, it so just tells you how old I am. <laughs> um, communication matters really deals with the importance of communication in everyday life. And one of the things I see in working with students is that it seems to me they have a harder time being able to express themselves. And oftentimes, for example, in a networking situation, they might feel a little self-conscious or they don't know what to say. Do you find this to be true or are you working with students who are exceptional and they really don't face those kind of issues? It seems pretty rare that somebody comes at being able to communicate effectively well. Um, there are those outliers, those students that just out of the gate have that, that ability. What we aim to do, though, is to help all students develop those skill sets because, as you know, they're, they're so important in life. It's absolutely an area that you can develop. You can certainly be educated and trained on, but you also have to put it into practice. So oftentimes what we aim to do is to help students understand how to communicate effectively across 
many different venues and forums, right? It's, it's written communications, it's verbal communications, it's video presentations, right? Even just the active, like, let's say, an entrepreneurship pitching an idea. It's really about communication, storytelling, communications, and so forth. So absolutely. We don't see many students come at it naturally, but it's also a skill that everyone can certainly develop. Do you focus on that in your building efforts, in your work with students, how to better communicate with their ideas, with their presentations? I think that is such an important core in entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Matter of fact, we were talking to a student the other day and uh, they were not, not complaining so much, but they were, they were telling us how, how many different classes in entrepreneurship that they take that they have to do a pitch. And again, they were like, well, we have to go, always do these pitches, always do these pitches. Uh, what they're not realizing, though, is that in doing all these pitches, they're learning how to communicate more effectively, right? They're learning how to express their idea. They're learning how to tell stories and often in different contexts, different audiences with different ideas. But just the, going through that, you're, you're training the brain, right? It's, it's almost like muscle memory uh, to learn how to do it effectively. And it's, it's hard to do. It is, but you're right. I think it's a skill that can be developed. I've seen it be developed. I think you have to believe that you can actually do it. I think that confidence is such a critically important part of success. And whether you actually have a particular talent or you want to talk about the talent, you really have to be able to talk about it. You have to be able to. There's a point of communications that I call the human connection. And Mm -hmm. if you connect with someone, you have you're 70% of the way to where you want to be because we're pack animals. Mm-hmm. We all want to be recognized and we want to be able to touch someone. I mean, it's part of who we are. It's part of our being since we walked out of the cave. Mm-hmm. And I think that today, what I find in some of my student teaching and working with students is that I'm seeing that become less obvious. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think maybe 20 years ago was a little bit more of an everyday practice. That's the way you communicate it. Whereas today you communicate digitally and that digital component has really lessened the ability to touch people. I say, once you connect with someone, you're, you're there because Mm -hmm. you've reached them. And the ability to be able to just do that is such an asset in business, especially in your area which is sure. entrepreneurship, which is building the skills that will make successful successful entrepreneurs. How important do you feel communication is in the development of an entrepreneur today? Do you think it's like one of the top three? Do you think it's like the most important? If someone is very talented but doesn't have good communication skills, won't they still be successful? <laughs> That's a great question. The I think if you look back in history and look at some of the case studies, there are certainly some amazing entrepreneurs who have not been the best communicators. You certainly look at people maybe, and I'll just pick on some individuals like like Bill Gates or even Mark Zuckerberg. They're not wonderful communicators, but they've still done well because they've hit timing, you know, been able to leverage technologies in, in an interesting way, but not great communicators. Uh, there are obviously other great case studies of individuals, let's say like a Steve Jobs or you know, his controversial Elon Musk, who you know are probably very you know interesting communicators and certainly engage uh, wide audiences. I'd say the rest of us, right? Being able to communicate effectively ends up being so important in entrepreneurship because those examples are probably the outliers in the world, and the rest of us probably aren't going to be 
coming out of the gate with a billion dollar idea. So therefore we have to learn how to communicate effectively and how to be able to reach our audience in the right way. And again, it becomes so fundamentally important because if you're more persuasive, if you're able to meet people where they are, if you're able to uh, develop those networks and, and engage in conversations, then you're going to be able to extend your network, extend uh, your range, and hopefully then find new opportunities and potentially be more successful. So it, it's it's absolutely a top three. I'd, I'd say with team building and project management, those are two very important top skills for entrepreneurs. I'd say communications absolutely in those top three. You know, one of my very favorite stories about communications, and when I work with students, I say, talk to everyone. You never know who that person in front of you in line could be, or whether or not they have a brother or an uncle or a sister in the business you're trying to break into. And one of my favorite stories when I was in school is one of the students was at a bus station. Those were the days when you carried a portfolio. And someone said to her, oh, are you an artist? And she said, yes, I'm in school. I'm graduating in June, actually. And he said, oh, you know, I work for the Mike Douglas show and we're always looking for good designers. Why don't you come down for an interview? So she did and she got the job and she they made her not only was she a designer, but she was new talent um, director. So she got to meet all of the talent at the airport, um, Mm -hmm. take them around the city. The show moved out to California. Um, She was asked to go with them. She was a great communicator. That's what they loved about her. And she became new talent recruiter, married a documentary filmmaker, and she now travels all over the world making documentary films for National Geographic with her husband. And I tell students, it happened at a bus stop. Yeah. Where you never know who that person is in line. Talk to people. Get a feel for them. Just expand your your area of influence. And it's fun. You know, it's it's absolutely, I think it's very rewarding. So, and and I'm such a big fan of communications because I think that once you connect with someone, you have already reached a point where you can go to the next level very easily. Absolutely. I had that situation uh, real briefly in one of my uh, startups. Met essentially co-founder, investor, and our chief marketing officer uh, waiting for a, a train in Denver, going to a conference. And we were both from Philly, didn't know each other at all, but just struck up a conversation. You know, hey, hi, where are you from? Where are you from? Oh, you know, from the Philadelphia area. And then just started that conversation. Why are you here? What are you doing? And then all of a sudden, it just rolled into a, a great future relationship and so on. I'm, I'm still very friendly with many years later. You know, it's very interesting because that's one of the things that I think once you're able to do that, some people have an easier time than others. There's no doubt about it. But Mm -hmm. so many times, even for an interview, what I hear so many of the students saying is that, oh, it went really well. We started talking about, you know, I love to surf and so did this person. And it had nothing to do with the qualification of the job. But what it was doing, it was bringing you on a level of where you were connecting with that particular person. And when you connect, we're pack animals. I mean, we love to connect. We love to be part of something. And when you can include that in whatever your area of expertise is, you're just giving yourself a little bit more of an advantage in the workforce. Sure. And and I think that's a really wonderful quality. From a personal standpoint, what is one of your strongest communication skills? Personally, start and, and build rapport and and focus in my personal conversation walking into any room is really about having a great set of questions. 
Uh, matter of fact, I was telling this to a student the other day who's, who's one of our, our brightest students. He's a little bit more of an introvert, shy, and he was looking for some networking tips. And I said, you don't have to necessarily talk about yourself. Don't worry about having your pitch out of the gate. Go in in terms of just questioning and just start asking people questions because people love to talk about themselves. They do. And, they do. And then you find that common ground, to your point, right? Finding that common ground of things that are, are interesting. Have great questions. And it could be simple, right? Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? Real, real basic stuff. But uh, you can be a little more creative in terms of, you know, other interesting types of questions. You know, certainly stay out of political landmines and anything that might be controversial. But, you know, just come up with, the, ask somebody an opinion about something quite interesting and, and unique and uh, just walk into a room armed with them. I yeah. think that's, that's the way I approach things from communication perspective. And then it just flows naturally. Um, right. Didn't always for me though, Deborah. I was incredibly... I'd say shy and introvert walking in. And that is surprising because I would think that you were a natural extrovert. Developed over time because I knew I had to, to be successful. Mm -hmm. And again, I I say a lot, a lot of this, you know, talking to students to be successful, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. You have to put yourself in environments that um, you're not familiar with. And that's going to lead to amazing things. And it's always proven out for me that it's done so. You know, one of the things that I always like to include in in my communication speeches and and workshops is the element of humor, because I think Mm -hmm. of humor as a great equalizer. When two people are laughing, one could be a CEO, one could be a street sweeper, but Mm -hmm. laughing and humor brings people together on an equal footing. And if you can create that, now some people are much more natural at it than others, but when you can create humor or something lighthearted and yeah. reach someone through that, it's a wonderful feeling. And one of my favorite stories is I was at a networking event and I was trying to get into a particular company and I was having a difficult time. And I saw someone with the name Charles and the company on his name tag. I went up and I said, oh, Charles, it is so good to see you again. I couldn't stop thinking about the conversation we had last time. And I'm going on and on and on and on and on about this conversation. He's totally confused, has no idea who I am, has no idea <laughs> what we were talking about. And I, and he said, I'm so sorry, but what is your name again? And what were we talking about? And I said, oh, Charles, I'm just pulling your leg. I saw your name tag and I have been trying to get into the company for so long. And I saw and I thought maybe you could help. Well, he burst out laughing and he said, I've never had this approach before. And yes, I will help you. And I got into the company. That's amazing. It is amazing. It it is amazing. And I think if you don't try it, if you don't attempt it, it's never going to happen. Sometimes I find with students, it's like, well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Just, you know, think of it as another learning experience. If it doesn't work, I think once, once you stop learning, you start dying. Yeah. And people, I if there was a word if I could eliminate in the language, it would be failure. Because failure is nothing more than a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. You make the wrong turn and you go down the wrong street. You don't say, I failed. You say, I made the wrong turn. I've got to go back and make a right instead of a left. You don't say, I failed. And it's the same thing in life. Because something did not work out, you didn't fail. You learned. You learned. Absolutely. And all of life is a learning experience. So that's, that's actually something we have a, a course at the at Trucks University's uh, School of Entrepreneurship, and uh, it's called Ready, Set, Fail. And it's a course about failure, but it's really a course about resilience and mm-hmm. helping students understand, you know, why do startups fail? But more importantly, how have those entrepreneurs become more resilient and how can you become more resilient? 
real quickly, look too back to your point about humor. Uh, I love that, and I think that's again talking speaking about rapport. I have a very good friend. He's a, he's a, he's one of these you know very I'd say natural speakers. He's you know does keynotes all over the world. He's very well respected. He's written a couple of books, and he are wonderful friends. And I don't always find myself like naturally humorous or or funny, but when I'm with him, we have a rapport where I I up my game when it comes to right. that communication skill. And I become, other, yeah. yeah, and I become funnier just by being around that person. So I think your point of when you're engaging with others, you just build that rapport. And, and again, you kind of meet people where they are. But I think if you're doing communication right, you're, each one's helping the other and you're, you're developing something that's very unique and special. Yeah, I just, I've always believed that humor was a great equalizer. It brings <laughs> two people at very different levels in life, very different <laughs> backgrounds, very different everything at the mm-hmm. same level. You're both mm-hmm. laughing. And that is a great, great accomplishment when you do that. Have you found that your com- communication style has changed over the years, that it's become a little bit easier or that you are more direct or that you just like to get to the point? Have you found that it's evolved or has it pretty much remained the same? No, it's it's naturally evolved. I, I think on one level is certainly confidence. So not worrying so much about impression, impressions or making a mistake or fumbling or not having the technology work. Oftentimes people remark when I, I'm doing a Drexel conference where we're hosting, let's say, students for pitch competition and so forth and just dealing with all the logistics and technology issues. And that's, you know, it's, I'm communicating with the audience, obviously, trying to keep things on flow as more or less the MC in that situation. And uh, people always remark how just level I am in, in those moments when things aren't going well because technology breaks or something else happens schedule-wise. But I think it's you know less less worry up front, certainly, uh, than I used to, and not worrying about walking on stage in front of a couple hundred people or 500 people. But then um, just from a general perspective, trying to be more effective in terms of building the story and communicating on those lines and, and not just about the facts, right? Building up whatever I'm doing, if it's a presentation to prospective students, right? Building it up in chunks and telling the story and, and culminating in something that is, is a great call to action. Just being more cognizant of the the goal and the outcome of any presentation and then just building more of a storyline thread through that. I think that's from a, my personal perspective and preparing, that's, that's certainly something I think I've gotten better at over the years. Well, you bring up some very, very good points because I, I always say that people love a story. And they do. I mean, I think people can understand a story much more effectively than they can if you're listening to a speech. It's like someone giving a speech and they'll say, I'll give you an example. And suddenly everybody in the room says, yeah, I've been there. That that same thing happened to me because it's something that they could relate to. And I think that that relating to someone in a way that they could understand is a very, very important step in success. And I think that you work at it. And I, I find that many students are afraid or nervous or they'll say, well, what if I make a mistake? And I always say you learn and that's wonderful. Yep. So the more mistakes you make, the better you will be at the final goal. Now, a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you. Sure. Have you ever been in a situation where you attribute your success directly to your communication ability that someone said, I really I like what you're saying. I really like the way you approach it, you've got the job. Yes, I think on on many levels. Uh, and in some cases on a very, I'd say, personal level, just in, in engaging with 
people and, and networking with them and having conversation. The, the whole reason I'm at Drexel University now as an associate dean, which was certainly not part of any vision for my career because I have this software technology background. Most of my career had been in software technology companies was really just in communicating and collaborating with other individuals at Drexel that I met along the way. I did my MBA at Drexel. One of the companies that I founded uh, started as a class project and being able to communicate that idea to many people over the course of a couple of years while we were, were building it at Drexel after the MBA program was over. And just in doing that and communicating with not just people at Drexel, but also with the local press, with others trying to do effective pitches, all of those things eventually led me to have other conversations with very influential people at Drexel who said, you know what, when we launch this new school of entrepreneurship, I, I want you on board. And it just came down to that being able to communicate effectively and having uh, and creating hopefully a great impression that uh, this is a guy that knew what he was doing and was able to help in many different ways, even though I didn't have a higher education background. So mm -hmm. I think that in itself you know, is, a, is a good example of just being able to work with people, communicate effectively, put yourself out there, uh, collaborate, uh, can lead to amazing and wonderful things. And it's not always going to work out, to your point, Deborah, you know, about learning from failure, right? Certain things don't work out along the way, but you can't score yourself away in a, in a room and expect that great things are going to happen in your life and in your career. Uh, you've got to keep putting yourself out there as, as you've done through your career. I have, and I've loved every every minute of it. You know, in many ways, I I, <laughs> I say I'm probably one of the luckiest people in the world because I love what I'm doing. I've yeah. loved my job. I've loved running the business. I've and so few people could say that. I love to work. I love I love what I do. And I hear so many people saying, I hate my job. I don't even want to go in. You know, I, And I think how awful it is to work 10, 12 hours a day and be miserable. Mm, yeah. When you really find something that is much more agreeable to you or something that you enjoy, because you're going to spend a lot of time working. And if you don't like it, it's pretty miserable going in every day. But I, I consider myself very lucky because I have always loved what I do. I'll be working until I'm 110. I may be interviewing you 20 years from now. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. That would, be, that would be awesome. Let's mark the calendar now. Okay, for 20 years from put, now. Put on the calendar. <laughs> I, I, one other quick story about communication from my, my career perspective. I love stories. Uh, I, stories are such a part of my life. So as I said uh, earlier, very early in my career, I was, I was not confident about communications and, and getting in front of people and, and collaborating or networking or walking into a room. I was, I was not confident at all. Again, I, I came more from the software engineering background and weren't really taught any of that. And it didn't, it didn't come to me naturally. But I found myself in all places uh, down in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, to present in front of a room of executives about future trends in software technologies for manufacturing industries. That's the field that I was in. So I had a presentation, you know, like a power, basically a PowerPoint, and I was with one other colleague. And I was so nervous, Deborah. I was so nervous. I, I just wanted to like curl up <laughs> in a ball and, and die. But, you know, I had to do That's this, right? I was, uh -huh. I was invited to this and I knew it was like something I had to do. So I walked into the room and we get set up with the technology and so forth. And then these two women walk up to me and, and say, we're the translators today. I had no idea that I was going to be speaking to a room of individuals that did not speak much in the way of English, <laughs> Portuguese in Brazil. Oh and I'm God. like, oh my God, what, what, what am I, what's going on here? But 
And they said, look, you're going to have to be careful in your pacing. You're going to have to slow down. We're translators. You can't talk as fast as you can. And certainly I'm from you know, Philadelphia, Northeast, and United States. We all talk a little bit fast at times. And and ended up being humorous because at times I was I was nervous and because of my natural styles to speak quickly sometimes, right? And in the back of the room, slow down, slow down, slow down. And it just became humorous. And it was at that point I knew that if I could handle this situation, I'm sure I could handle any communication situation. I could walk into a room and be able to present an effect um, effectively. And uh, it, was, it was an eye-opener for me. And it was just, it was a crazy experience I'll never forget. But I think that's one of the things that really does contribute to success. You look at that situation and you don't say, Oh, you know, it was just awful. I made a terrible impression and I and I and, and I just have to do something about it. You say, you know what? It was a lot of fun. I'm sure that they probably had no idea what I was talking about most of the time because I was talking so fast. But what I find is that you have to be easy on yourself. You right. have to be, you know, really at a point where you could say, okay, I, I can do something and I could, you know, I could make it interesting. And and I, I think sometimes people are so hard on themselves with what they can and can't or what they expect that they ruin it before it even begins. Good point. That's you know? very good point. And yeah. I think that life is too short. You just enjoy it. And I think if you enjoy what you're doing and enjoy what you're talking about, it comes through. I mean, there's a wonderful lilt to your voice. There's a wonderful quality because you enjoy what you're doing. I don't know. Maybe you don't, but you certainly come across as enjoying what you're doing. I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. That's really, really good. I wanted to ask you a question too, about what is one of the most important lessons that you have learned in your career? I think it starts with maybe what I talked about a little bit earlier in that Reaching out, say yes to everything, literally. Mm -hmm. I, I know there's this little bit of this today, this pushback to say, you know, you need to block your calendar and say no to things. I, I view that the opposite, Deborah. I, I'd say, say yes to everything. When I've put myself in situations where I said, yes, I will do that. I will I will be the person that volunteers for that that role, that job. And I did that very early in my career where I said, yep, I'll, I'll take that trip to that tough client when no one else was raising their hand. And that ended up leading to amazing things. Always say yes and always put yourself out there and say yes to every meeting. I, that's what I try to do. And my calendar is constantly full of meetings, meeting all types of people. But through those relationships, those networks, it leads to oftentimes very good things. Sometimes it's a dead end and it's not interesting for anybody. Just say yes to everything. I think that's been my my biggest lesson. I like saying yes to everything. <laughs> I think it really... <laughs> It really expands your perspective and your calendar and yeah. your ability to do a lot of different things. I think mm -hmm. actually your ability to do different things is really expanded by saying yes, because Absolutely. it might be out of your realm of comfort, but you find you can do it and it adds to your feeling of accomplishment. I'm a big believer, Deborah, to your point in versatility. Uh, and I always say that, especially to early stage entrepreneurs, uh, versatility is so valuable. I, I have a bit of a mantra. It's like, be versatile, be valuable. Um, in my mind, especially early in your career, if you're an early stage entrepreneur, versatility becomes so important because it can take you in so many different places. So I always tell people, I can do a thousand different things, not really deeply, but I can do a thousand different things. And I generally know when I, I 
kind of run out of runway when it comes to domain expertise, but just having that versatility. And again, why I've ended up in higher education without any formal background in it was really through versatility because I can apply so many things I've done earlier in my career to even things I, I do today in my day-to-day job as an associate dean and director of our institute. Uh, I constantly apply things I've done over, over time. Well, I think I think your point earlier is exactly that's an example of that. This wasn't your background, and you said, okay. And it gave you a whole new outlook, a whole new experience in life that you would not have had if you went down the path you were familiar with. Absolutely. And it opened up a lot of doors. And that's what I think is so wonderful about opportunity and success and how it happens. I'm always amazed at how things fall in front of you mm. and whether or not you step over them or kick them aside or stop and look at them makes a difference uh-huh. in the future. And I always say, take advantage of every opportunity because it's a wonderful experience. And if it's not in your realm of what you're used to, it's a chance to learn. Sure. One of the best pieces of advice you ever received during your your career. Go get your MBA. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason for that, and again, it changed my life, is I went 20 years between my undergrad and and doing my MBA in, in my career. And I had been just toying with the idea of a master's degree for for a long time, probably over 10 years. And I just was putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And I got to a point in my career where I, I'd done pretty much everything I thought I could do in that particular industry, which was basically the, the enterprise software field. I had founded companies, helped a company go public, had been part of an exit, uh, saw a comp- one of our companies go through a bankruptcy, just had done little of everything. Uh-huh. And, um, and it just felt like I... I didn't know where to go, what what to do from here. And I knew I had a, a long career ahead of me. I had another 30, 40 years ahead of me, obviously. And my mentor at that time said, Chuck, go get your MBA. Just just do it. And I keep putting it off. I'm going to make you do this. And he held me accountable. And it was the best advice I had because it then led to new opportunities where I met people and we started another company and then you know led me to where I am today, working at Drexel in higher education and being able to be part of so many things you had read in, in my bio that I would have never been part of. So I think that's such a wonderful example yeah. of looking outside the parameters you put on yourself yeah. and realize that there are opportunities outside of what you consider to be your expertise. Yeah. Yeah. And it opens think- doors that you never thought would be part of your life. Yeah. And to abstract that a bit, because you know, an MBA may, may not be appropriate to everybody's listening, but I, I think the moral of the story there is have a mentor or mentors and take their advice, but also make them hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. I think that's, everybody can do that in any context. And it could be in a small way, you know, just through some small change in, in your career or life trajectory, or it could be in a big way, like upping your game in terms of what you're, you know, taking an MBA or some other educational program. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, as we're coming to the end of our interview, which I, I, I really enjoy talking to you. I think you're I love it. very inspirational. and You too. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We should just talk regularly, at least you know once a month. Yes. But my question to you is, if you were to give anyone a piece of advice, and I, and I know I had asked you this, but is there one sentence that you could say that would be appropriate to everyone and so that they could remember, so they could take it with them? so that they could actually think about it every day. And if it's not that one, what I would like to say is, what is the one question, and I love to wrap up my interviews with this, that you wish I asked 
but I didn't. <laughs> so I'd, I'd say the, the one thing I would say to everybody, and I, I, I said a, a few minutes ago, uh, is about that versatility. And I've, I've, I have that as my tagline, be versatile, be valuable. And I, I think just learning how in life to try many different things is going to lead to amazing outcomes that you have no idea how to predict where that's going to take you and, and what that's going to do. So uh, that's that's my advice to nearly everybody I meet. Be versatile, do new things, try new things. And um, what is the one question you wish I asked but didn't? You, you asked such great questions, Deborah. I, I, that's a tough one. I guess, where are you going from here? oh i think i know the answers to that you'll be all over the place (laughs) and i think the answer to that is that we we don't know but again in the act of just keeping yourself out there consuming as much as you consume meeting with as many people as you can uh we don't know where we're going to go but i think that's the point that it's very difficult especially today to map out a very specific plan uh, that i think you have to build scenarios and circumstances where it's going to take you in directions that you may not know yet, but you'll be able to leverage those opportunities when they present themselves. Wonderful. And as a last wrap up, I wanted to ask you if someone wanted to get in touch with you directly, would it be okay for them to contact you? And if so, where would they, how would they contact you? Absolutely. Probably the easiest way is, is on LinkedIn. Uh, So I go by Chuck Sacco on LinkedIn. So you can look for me there. And uh, just please feel free to connect with me. And again, I try to connect with everybody who wants to be connected. Take a meeting with anyone who wants to take a meeting. Wonderful. All right. So that's LinkedIn. And just look for Chuck. That's C-H-U-C-K. Sacco, S-A-C-C-O. I want to thank you. I always enjoy talking to you. And it's been a wonderful interview. And um, I'd like to have you on again, talking about a specific subject. Love it. I can't wait. Okay. All right. You've got a deal. Chuck. Thank you so, so much. Have a great day. Enjoy the summer. Lots of good travels. Keep on reaching out to those students and keep doing what you're doing so well. Thank you, Deborah. This was amazing. Have a great day. (laughs) You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Communication Matters can be heard on the Voice America Business Channel. Check and listen for new shows every week. Until our next program, keep the communication going.